And here comes another podcast from your friends at Books of the Year. Uh, and uh, Matt is here. Yes, I am. Yeah. Matthew, and Simon's here. Yeah. Matthew Michael Williams. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's which, never going to die. Which we only discovered when Andrew Hunter-Murray came on the last podcast um, to tell us about The Last Day. And amazingly, Andrew's coming again. Again! Um, to tell us... <laughs> Next week. Uh, ...about the answers to the, uh, to the Q&A. How, how, how have you been in the, <laughs> in the intervening period, Andrew? It's been good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've had a chance to reflect on the answers I gave when I was what last did you, in. What did you think? Reconsider. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Have you written any more of your new book? <laughs> no, I just haven't got to it yet. It's a nightmare, dear, I know. Dear, dear, dear. Mostly you, the commute back and yeah, then here yeah, again. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. achieved anything in the Nothing, no. No, no, <laughs> same, same, same as last week, really. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here comes the Q and A then with uh, with Andrew. Uh, what was the last book, Andrew? You really, really enjoyed? I just reread Treasure Island, wow. which I think I hadn't read since I was a child, and then I'm starting to doubt whether I ever read it at all. Yeah. And God, it's good, but it's quite some of it. A lot of abstruse naval terminology. I'm thinking, God, would I give this to a ten year old? Because that's the you know it's a it's a, a book f- um, for children I, I guess but it's is it though I thought I thought well, I'm I'm probably so this wrong is on this X marks the spot and exactly yeah. this is Long John Silver all of it the invention of basically all pirate mythology that we have you know there's the fifteen men on a dead man's chest and yo ho ho and all of this so much of it comes from that one book and he wrote it over fifteen days. He wrote one chapter a day for 15 days. 15 days? I know. I th- I, that puts everything into some kind of perspective. <laughs> it's infuriating. I mean, I'm absolutely livid. But it was his first novel, and so I've been reading quite a few people's first novels uh, in the run-up to publishing my own, out of curiosity. And yeah, and it stands up. It's Oh, man, it's amazing. I mean, the, the character of Long John Silver is so... He shifts sides about five times over the narrative, which I had forgotten. Shifts size? Sides. Sorry. Oh, sides. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, Robert Lucy is pretty good, but he didn't, ha- he didn't have a copy editor who could go through and go, well, and in chapter five, he's six foot four, and then by the end of the book, he's four foot two. Sorry, yeah. So yeah. that's not going to work. And how did your first novel compare, do you think, with all the other first novels that you read? Oh, God knows. Goodness knows. I've also been going back and looking at people's first books that they published. You know, not novels, just Robert Louis Stevenson wrote loads before uh, Treasure Island. But his first book was called Travels with a Donkey in the Cévennes, which was just him walking around um, bits of southern Europe with a donkey. It just goes to show... It doesn't sound great, does it? I know. Yeah. People plug away doing going their donkey books for years. with a fridge. It's, a... <laughs> it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Who, yeah. Would, who, I mean, would do that? who well, on that earth a, would do that? That is a great book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite writer? Oh, I mean, that changes with the weather, you know. Um, If really pressed, I'd probably um, say Douglas Adams. Ooh, yeah, strong. Now, that's that's very interesting, yeah. I'm not surprised. I I imagine folk at the fish would all be disciples of your man, Adams. You huge, huge fans of that. And, in fact, John Lloyd, the the man behind QI, worked with Douglas Adams and wrote, you know, co-wrote some of the series. The Meaning of Lyft, exactly. The greatest comedy book ever. So good. It is, isn't it? I, my, and my copy is signed by Douglas Adams because so, <gasps> I interviewed him for it back in the day on local radio. That must be a while ago. He said, yeah, it would have been 83, 84. Yeah. Really? Wow. Okay. And then they did The Deeper Meaning of Lift, and they've got this. Do you remember the, the introduction to it is Douglas Adams and John Lloyd writing letters to each other over about 18 months in the run up to publication? And all of Douglas's letters are from the Maldives and from Mauritius and from the Galapagos Islands, and all of John's are from Neesden and, you know, the Droitwich <laughs> services and all of this. 
Um, yeah. He'd have been great on Twitter, wouldn't he, Douglas Adams? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His just, I mean, the, the Hitchhiker's books were such a formative part of my childhood, you know. They were mind-blowing. Um, the book that you would love to step inside of, if indeed there is one. Oh, wow. Um, I, well, either, this is a bit of a cheat, but you know the... Um, the Thursday Next series by Jasper Ford, which is all about stepping inside books itself. It's, the, um, you know, you've got the Cheshire Cat, mm. you've got a literary detective. The first novel is Jane Eyre's being abducted from her own book, and we don't know uh, why. So but that's a bit of a treat to step inside that one, because you're getting access to all other books. I think maybe a Daphne du Maurier, you know, Rebecca, or um, or My Cousin Rachel, something... Not kind a of... Jane Austen. Oh, I'd love to step inside a Jane Austen novel. Would love to visit. Well, that's the point of this question. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm being pinned down, though. Because Ostentatious, is, you're in that, aren't you? The, yes, I am. Yeah, the drama yeah. group that specialises in Jane Austen. So I thought maybe I don't know you feel as though you... Can I then suggest from your back catalogue that you it might be a Jane Austen? Absolutely. I'll step into Pride and Preg, uh if, if I had to pick a single Austen as well. But we get t- titles from the audience. The audience makes up a title and we pretend it's a lost work by Jane Austen. So we have things like Bath to the Future, Mansfield Shark, <laughs> Pride and Extreme Prejudice, turned into a kind of Vietnam War style thing. So yeah, they go all over the place. How long do you give a book or do you always finish it or not? Are you human, in other words? I... Do you give up when you get bored? <laughs> I almost never give up even if i'm really disliking a book really well i did that said i did just junk a book of um short stories that i was really not enjoying I've who, got about oh, two who by kipling oh okay that's not a enough. not a minor talent you know but none <laughs> i thought he doesn't need my eyeballs on this one um yeah so but no, no normally i try and push through i recently read um huckleberry finn okay um and really was hating that for about two-thirds of it I've got 20 pages to go now, and it's picked up again a bit, but... It's, the thing is, when you've only got 20 pages to go, yeah. it's like, right, well, I'm here now. I may as well, you know, yeah, go exactly. through it. Yeah. Um, why, yeah. why, do you maintain, why do you just stick with it? I don't know. I think, I think if I put it back on the shelf, I w- it will annoy me every time I see it. I think, oh, yeah, there's a hill I couldn't climb. So I will then try and probably get rid of the book, actually. I did it with Moby Dick. Tried to read it. Couldn't get through it. <laughs> gave the book away so now it's not on my shelf blaming and judging taunting me you. taunting me yeah, yeah. That, does that portray you as being very shallow yes yeah, it does couldn't read human i think you'll find human like the rest of us please uh, describe your book collection um it's pretty uh eclectic i've got basically one mothership bookcase which i've tried to divide into strata you know, so I've got one shelf of um, sci-fi and thrillers and I've got one shelf of more classic fiction. Then at the bottom, it's just big books because it's the only one which fits proper hardbacks on it. Issue, it's yeah. a shelving issue, yeah. But my dad made the bookcase. He's a carpenter in his spare time. And so he, uh, he just knocked up a bookcase exactly to the dimensions of the room that it's going to be in, which uh, was brilliant. But I am now running very short. I can't buy any more hardbacks, basically. So do you have... Um... Is it is it like over five hundred? Uh yes. If you add in the mothership and all the substations, yeah, which, yeah, which just piles yeah. around my flat. So yeah, mothership and substations. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah. way of describing yeah. Yeah. a library. I know, trying to sex it up a bit, but uh, yeah, the main bookcase is going to obviously that's going to be the core of the, my collection. Yeah. 
Are there any books that stand out from your childhood, either you reading yourself or parents reading to you? Or... Yes, uh, I was read the uh, the Redwall books. Do you know these? The Redwall. Oh, I think I tried those. Yeah, Red Bri- Brian Jakes. Yes, Brian Jakes. So... Oh, really? Right. I, we we not do... that Brian Jakes, as in which Brian Jakes? Superstars that... doing the uh, crunches. No, no, slightly no. different Brian Jakes. <laughs> Brian Jakes. Some uh, well, I don't know. So they're about. Um, this is real childhood reading, but it's it's a group of heroic mice who live in an abbey. And there is a rat army outside trying to get in. Rat army! Rat army! <laughs> That's what they used to chant. Uh, and it's, oh, it's very exciting. There are heroic badgers and hares and there are like, you know, traitorous ferrets and things like this. And they're cracking. They're sort of m- military stuff, but all with exclusive... It's like the animals of Farthing Wood, but crossed with the Walls of the Roses. So this is a series of books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are dozens of them. Yeah, yeah. And we, I, so, the, so this rat army's not getting in, is it? Because otherwise... Oh, well, they, they shift over. around this whole okay. strange landscape. There okay. are sort of volcanic badger fortresses and... <laughs> oh, my God, they're wonderful. Yeah, but I was read a lot of those, um, you know, to... Uh, to go to sleep as a child. I think I remember trying to read them and the kids going, oh, I can't be doing really? this. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. Was um, it because you kept saying rat army? All the way <laughs> rat <through>? army! <laughs> no, I think... Also, plus, if, you, if you've if got a ferret, it's a bit lame to make it a traitorous ferret because it's just mm. ferrets are not bad. There should be a... Is there any book with a heroic ferret? No. I can't think of one unless no. it's one of the demons in um, Northern Lights. Oh, oh interesting. Shout. Might be. Shout. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, well, it's it's a challenge. So, if anyone has read a book with a heroic ferret, <laughs> this is a niche question. Yeah, uh, you can contact the show. You can email books of the year at yahoo.com. dot um, So, we, anything else that would? Sorry, this is Matt's question. But anything yeah. else apart from those? What childhood yeah. books? I read all of the Discworld books about five times each. I used to be a massive rereader, and I would. I think that's maybe more common in childhood. I don't yeah, know. But yeah, what about you guys? That, yeah, yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there are like there are chunks of books that I can Pratchett books that I can recite now. You know? Do you think knowing that now, I'm not surprised that you're a Pratchett fan. Do you think people will read The Last Day and think, I bet he was a Pratchett fan? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean he specialised in writing a completely flat world, although that he gets around that by having a, a sun that a tiny sun rotating it, which I thought would be a step too far for this uh this book of mine. Uh, do you have a favourite biography or autobiography? Yes, it's Rick Mail's oh, autobiography. Shout, yes. It's called Bigger Than Hitler, Better Than Christ. <laughs> and my God, it's, it is so libelous and outrageous and hilarious. I mean, it's really on the front cover, he's painted himself into a stained glass window as Christ. And on the back cover, he is dressed as Hitler um, while the Luftwaffe screams overhead, you know. Um, and on the in, on the inside jacket, not that I'm judging a book by its cover, because the, the the book itself is just pure deranged Rick Mail stuff. But the inside of the dust jacket is a Last Supper scene, and all the characters he played over his career are Jesus and the disciples. So you've got Richie from Bottom and from from the young ones as well, and you've got the Andrex puppy, which he voiced as another person on the Last Supper table. It's incredible. He's he was it was one of the most difficult and uncomfortable interviews I ever did was with Rick Mayer. Really? Because he insisted and this is always a disaster. I'm not disputing your your account at all. He insisted on being interviewed in character oh, as no. Oh, no. The, his character in Blackadder. Okay. Is it Flash, oh, Flash Art. Flash Art, yeah, yeah. Flash yeah. Art. Yeah. And he had that's how he wanted to answer. And and an interview with someone in character is is just terrible. Yeah. Stop. 
I know yeah, you did that yeah, voice. I know yeah. you're on, but ju I just want to talk to you about being Rick Mail and this thing. Yeah. But he would not, and he wouldn't stop. And in the end, we just had to stop the interview because he wouldn't stop being flash art. So it was terrible. End Gosh. every answer with woof. <laughs> like, yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Also, what the Andrex puppy voice would have done, probably. Yes, yeah. clearly. Very good. Well done. Uh, when was the last time you used a public library? Um, oh, too long ago, years ago. Yeah. We have a, because I work for QI, we have a membership to a, a member's library, but that's that's not a public one. So I've been relying on that for all my books recently. A mem yeah. So what's better about a member's library other than no riffraff riff don't no. come in? <laughs> uh, no fines. That's a good thing. They sort of pre-take the fines from you in a membership fee each year. So, you know, it's a really great place. It's called the London Library. and it's, I've heard all about this. It's I got incredible. a letter once saying, would you like to be a member? And I thought, I would, but I'm not quite sure I'd ever use it. So what would... so. What are the benefits? So when, when you go down, is it just that you're left alone? And it's Yeah, well, it's um, so like the British Library, when you go there, you can't walk around the stacks of books, you know, and if you're a researcher, you have to order books to be delivered to your desk via the little book train, which is awesome. But still, you don't that get to go. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. you don't get train. but you don't get yeah. to go on the book train. You don't get all of this stuff. <laughs> so and the London that a hit for the OJs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was the love train, I beg your pardon. Yes, yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, but the London, the London Library lets you walk around the stacks, and they have a selection called, uh, they have a, an area called Science and Miscellaneous, which is just crazy alphabetical list of the most random subjects you could want. And you can just walk around there and see, you know, drugs or elephants or Christmas or, you know, all and all the best books on these subjects. So I've been using that library f since I joined QI, actually. Um, so not a public one, though. So, yeah. What happened to the book, the book train? The book train is it literally like a train that comes to your? I no, I I'm getting oh, maybe I'm getting confused because there's one the Bodleian Library at Oxford. I think they might be the ones with the book train, but they have like the the, li the Bodleian Library at Oxford is as big overground as it is underground. You know, they have this huge underground shelving units and miles and miles of stacks. And I what we want to know, Andrew, train. is it literally a train? It is. It is, it is literally a little man it, on, yeah. a, on a... Is it like a miniature railway train? Yeah, it is. Really? I think so, this yeah. Is, I'm I am so going to the Bodleian Library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this as my next book. Definitely. Because you know in the Underground Railroad, which is such a great yeah, book, yeah, but the whole yeah, point yeah. is it becomes a railroad. Correct, yeah. I'm going to write a book and I'm the captain on the, on the guard on the book train <laughs> delivering Andrew his books. And I, on the surface, I'm going to be really amenable and pleasant, but actually, I'm going to hate him. I'm also th I'm thinking it's not a really effective system because you're going to need lots of orders be <laughs> before it becomes a point of starting the train. You're not going to go the, we, you're not going to be the driver of the train and go right. We're leaving with two books. Oh, all right. I'm going to wait until but presumably the three guard, dozen books. Is there a guard? Is there a, a, a driver and a guard? Wow! If like there's a, a guard and a driver on the on the on the train, so one at the back and one at well, the front. What? So maybe I could be on the back. But the, I could be the guard. The union would the have the union would definitely have rules about, <laughs> you know, who's going to open the doors and this hand is, you the book. So Aslef have now got a hand in the Bodleian Library. Do they still exist? Yes, Aslef. Do they still exist? I, I'm pretty I, sure they do. Well, let's ask Andrew. Do Aslef still exist? <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Yeah. Do, do I, get in touch if you know anything about <laughs> ferrets or Aslef. Also, how would it be? Would it be? Presuming it's an electric train. Well. No, it can't be because, or or yes, it must be because they, they can't it's not have coal. It's not steam. coal. A furnace next to the yeah. next to the books. Pretty sure it's. And electric, does it go underground yeah. as well? I think it only goes underground. 
It's it's exclusively for the the underground. It's an underground features. train. This is getting yeah, better and better, isn't it? I am. So, you're sure you've not dreamt this? You're sure this is real? Ninety five percent. I am so going to the Bodleian Library. <laughs> I'm so Can right. anyone get in? Can anyone just not, rock up? No, not even members no, of the Bodleian what, Library. What can if get he on says the train. he's Matthew Michael Williams? <laughs> can I? Can oh I get yeah. In with my name, I, I think and my I, middle name. I think they consider it. In a couple yeah. of years, if there's a book called The Book Train <laughs> <laughs> by the OJ's. Yeah. I'm, that's definitely mine. <laughs> um, is there a hidden gem of a place where you like to do lots of research slash writing? Um, there is a cafe where I do all my writing, almost. I'm not going to say where it is. Where is it? I, I can't <laughs> it's in, Roughly. It's in central London. It's it's in Covent Garden. Okay, I'm I, going bet, no further than that. I bet it's referred to in the last day. Oh. Where you go very past because you go past St James Piccadilly, which isn't far from here. So, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, there is I know, a, yeah. There is a lot of walking. In fact, she, the uh, Ellen Hopper, the um, Ellen ocean Hopper, the main scientist. character, the yeah. ocean scientist. Sorry, I was struggling Just to tell you about your book. character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellen Hopper. The, I was about to say the star. The that person yeah, in yeah. the book. The, yeah. Sorry, the hero, <laughs> the hero of the last day, Ellen Hopper. At one point, walks a slightly perilous route through London. Um, and she walks past the head office of uh, Penguin Random House uh, on Vauxhall Bridge Road. What a Road. great publishers they are. Yeah, yes. fabulous publishers. <laughs> I always think that. I've always, always maintained that. Yeah, so it, it is fun when you're writing a book that's about someone you know really well, putting in all the places that yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, you know, because she'll be quite popular, but Florence Pugh would be great for Hopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she would actually, yeah. I mean, obviously, she's going to have a few people. I'm going to say, say she's not short of offers. She'll be free. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Is there a book that always cheers you up? Mm. Um, Nothing you've been involved with. You can't say any of the fish books. Oh, no. God, no, I w- no, I wouldn't. They, they make me very depressed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, well, well, I mean, actually, the it's a boring answer because I've mentioned it before, but The Hitchhiker's Guide, when I went away to university, was my kind of sanity book because I was studying English and, you know... In, the, in your first years, there's an awful lot of uh, of Chaucer and uh, slightly maybe heavy Victorian stuff that you're not completely sure about. And I would just pick up Hitchhikers off the shelf. I've got the four books in one volume, um, trilogy in four parts, barring Mostly Harmless, which is the fifth one. And I would just read a couple of paragraphs of that if I was getting especially bored of uh, Beowulf or whatever, then put it back because he has a very light sprightly way of, of writing a sentence mm. that, that really just uh, can't be down. And then again, there's P.G. Woodhouse. I mean, I read a lot of Woodhouse. There was a moment when I moved to North London uh, and you, you go past Islington Green, all these places that Douglas Adams has always oh, written yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the estate agent called Hot Black Desiato. <sighs> and you're thinking, it actually exists... I thought it was just another genius Douglas Adams character, but yeah. actually, it's an estate agent in Islington. Yeah. But you know, I almost sold a house. You know, <laughs> when I put a flat on the market, I thought I want to, I want to sell it with hot black desiato, just because of Douglas Adams. And my wife said, "You're an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> were they? But they weren't in the run. I mean, you know, they're still an estate agent. They so... could, I don't know whether they still are. I mean, they. Could, I'm sure they did a very good job. But to choose them just on the basis of their name, because <laughs> they were a character in Douglas Adams. Is as I think my wife is correctly pointing out. You're so right because he cho- the name you know the character Ford Prefect comes to Earth. He chooses his name based on some pretty shonky research, which makes him think that Ford Prefect is a great normal name for a person. And <laughs> Douglas did exactly the same thing, picking Hot Black Desiato exactly. as a character name. But it was a good character name. Oh yeah. 
Uh, finally, is there a writer you think that we should follow on Twitter? Uh, oh, um, yeah, lots. Um, give any. Give Richard, a... Richard Osman. His first book is, I think, coming out later this year. And it's mostly because he's a very nice person to follow on Twitter. Yeah. He is... Uh, he makes it a pretty hard and fast rule that he doesn't say very much negative or snarky stuff. I think Twitter can be such a negative place. Even if I look back at my own timeline, I think, who's this bastard? Yeah. It, it somehow has a way of you know, bring, putting you on a spiral downwards of you know, negativity and recrimination. And I think Richard kind of resists that. And I wonder if that spirit of positivity, Matt, is yes. one of the reasons why, given that the book is called The Last Day yeah. and it's gloom and yeah. clearly a lot of people have died before we get to this, but yes. actually there is a kind of... A, there is hope, isn't there? There's hope and optimism. There is hope and, and, and Andrew is testament to that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you, Andrew Hunter-Murray. That's been most illuminating. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.